You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. This past week, I spent some time here praying and and working on a, a message that I believe will help us all out today. The title of the message is Recover All. Recover All. I know we've been standing for a while, but if you're able, uh, stand with me this morning out of reverence, reading God's Word. And, and I love it when the young kids are here on the fifth Sunday. Uh, they always come in here instead of going to kids' church. And uh, two of the young girls were dancing right here. And uh, they locked arms and was dancing during worship. And I looked over and my niece and nephew, their four boys, um, was dancing. And I thought, man, could you imagine if the Spirit of God just get a hold of everybody that struggled and lost some things and God would just move and we'd just begin to rejoice. How, how many remember that one service a couple of years ago, Spirit of Laughter hit here? And I'd never been a part of that before. And I'm telling you, it just took over and we could not quit laughing. So uh, so anyway, let's, let's look and let's learn today. Uh, I want to preach a little bit. I want to teach a little bit. Uh, recover all. I want us to look at 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 18 and 19. And David recovered all. I like that part. He didn't say, and David recovered some of the things. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. And then I love this, verse 19, the first part of it. And there was nothing lacking to them. Nothing lacking to them. Neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil, nor anything that had taken to them. David recovered all. Star, would you bless the reading of the Word of God? Father God, we are so blessed to be here, Heavenly Father. We praise you, Father God, for the blessings that you have given us this year, Lord, Father God. Heavenly Father, we come into 2024, Lord. Hallelujah. We give you all praise for it, Lord. Mm -hmm. Everything that was lost in 2023, Father God, we will have bigger and greater in 2024. Mm -hmm. Lord, Father God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. Lord, we thank you for all that you have done for us, Lord, Father God. Mm -hmm. Father God, remind us that the more we draw closer to you, Lord, you draw closer to us, Lord. Mm -hmm. Lord, let us receive all that you have for us for 2024. Father God, let us receive it with laughter and joy. And no matter how hard anything gets, Father God, we give you the glory Mm -hmm. and we do it in joy, Lord, with laughter. Father God, let our hearts receive what our pastor has for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Here this morning, uh, we'll talk a little bit about 1 Samuel here in just a few moments. But let me just share life, just life alone. But life and service to God, you will find yourself in situations more than once that you've got to navigate yourself through. How many can look back, I looked over at Kara, 
she shared a testimony about Tommy and Kara's little baby boy this morning and how there was an illness and, you know, he just was born a few months back and, and you know, it looked bad, but uh, there was a family of believers that assembled together and prayed over the baby and she was told to circle that day on the calendar that that day she received her miracle and that's exactly what happened. The doctors came in and said there is no evidence, no sign of this any longer and that baby is totally fine. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. But during when we walk through life, and through service, serving God, there'll be more than one or two obstacles in your life that you've got to navigate through. And my friend, you can't navigate through those obstacles uh, without the leading of the Holy Spirit. So let's listen to what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians, and I'll get back to 1 Samuel shortly. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 3 through 5, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You gotta pay attention and listen to this. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You and I are just like Paul, the apostle Paul that wrote this. We are merely weak humans, uh, weak individuals, but we do not need to use human uh, or carnal plans and methods uh, to win our battles. When we operate in the flesh, we will lose our battles. God's mighty weapons uh, are available to win our battles. Uh, in 2024, we will walk through some difficult times, uh, but with the warfare, uh, that with the weapons that God has given us, let the warfare come because we can, through the word of God, bring down every strong hold, somebody give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. The Christian must choose. You got to make a choice. You got to choose uh, whose methods uh, that you are going to use. Uh, is it God's method? Uh, meth is it God's method or is it the world's method? We don't fight the way the world fights. Paul assures us that God's mighty weapons. Let's think a little bit about God's weapons. How about prayer? How about faith? How about hope? How about love? How about worship? God's word. How about the Holy Spirit? My friend, they are powerful and they are effective. Do you hear me? Prayer. Sometimes, just being honest, I get so busy, I just kind of fade away that morning and get caught up in the routine and I can sense it. Friend, when I get myself, I love what Becca said, how, how he just keeps pulling you back. Well, brother, I put my pants on the same way you do. I still stray occasionally. Feel something pulling me. And the Holy Spirit pulled me back and say, you need to pray. Can I tell you when all hell shows up, 
Shut Facebook down and get on your knees, on your face before God. Do you hear me? There is power in prayer. Somebody say amen. amen. How long has it been since you prayed and prayed like the old saints of God would say they prayed through instead of now I lay me down to sleep and you're out like a light. God's word will pick you up, will fight the battles for you. Faith and hope and love, the Holy Spirit. So let's talk a little bit about what Satan has embezzled from the church. His plundering of our joy. One of the most powerful ways to find joy in the Lord is through prayer. And is through worship. We don't gather on Sunday morning to have a concert. We, we gather on Sunday morning to worship God. Nobody up here is trying to put on a show. They come to lead us in worship. My friend, all of us are in battles. You want to win the battle? Begin to pray. You want to win the battle? Begin to worship God. I'm telling you, just be faithful in your prayer. Just be faithful in your worship. Somebody say amen. amen. So what about prayer? Reading out of the NIV in Psalms chapter 34, verse 15, 17, and 18. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and he hears. Excuse me. And the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them and he delivers them from all of their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. God hears you. You need to cry out to God. In the midst of that storm, uh, cry out to God. Be faithful. Say, God, here I am. God, I'm hurt, God. I'm broken, uh, I'm sick. I need help, God. And I'll tell you, God will hear and God will answer. Do you believe that? Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. So how about worship in Matthew chapter four, verse 10. Then saith Jesus unto him, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, now this is the Lord speaking, that thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. Now what happened? Then, somebody say then. Somebody say then. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. What transpired? What happened here? He began to say, hey, I'm not worshiping you. Why don't you and I get that in our spirit? No matter what's going on, devil, I'm not going to bow to you. I'm not going to back up. I'm not going to stop believing. I'm going to love God. God's with me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I'm going to worship God Almighty. And God Almighty will show up with angels and minister unto me. Somebody give God a hand clap and a shout of praise has God helped anybody? Has the Spirit of God lifted anybody? Has the Spirit of God replaced your joy? Somebody give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Woo! My, my, my. Woo! The Bible instructs us to rejoice. I had a friend of mine the other day tell me so-and-so down since it wasn't going to allow somebody to come up here because the music gets them all cranked up and uh, that wild preaching. Uh, 
That's a lie from the devil. The Bible instructs us to rejoice. I don't want to sit in no church. Shut up, Robert, and just preach. The Bible instructs us to rejoice. Oh, my goodness, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. I don't know about you, but he's been so good to me. I can't keep my mouth shut. I can't sit down. I can't keep my hands in my pockets. Let the redeemed of the Lord say, so uh, shout for joy. Give God all the glory. He's worthy. Woo! Woo! As we praise God in our worship, what happens? Our hearts begin to be filled with joy. Joy. I like to see the joy of the Lord get on some of you where you stood on your head and spin like a top. I'm telling you. Get over yourself, my goodness. Filled with joy as you worship God. Why don't you ask God to fill you up with his spirit? Have you ever asked God to just fill you up to where you couldn't contain yourself? Huh? Have you ever got to that place the Bible said you have not because you ask not? Oh, God, fill us up with your joy. My goodness. I, 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 yeah. I'll be honest, sometimes some people walk by me in the foyer and, and they just look miserable, miserable. Say, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I like to see the Lord just get all over you, all over you. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Now that the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. I don't know if I've ever shared this. I had no intention. This thought just came to my mind, but it wasn't long after I'd had them strokes and uh, there was a, a lady in a nursing home in, in Salem that I was told that... Uh, watched us on TV every week and, and she, you know, she didn't have a church and she considered me as her pastor and, and the Lord said, go. And so I went to Salem and uh, I went into her room and I'm telling you, you'd have thought Billy Graham walked in that room, you know, and uh, she just saw got all happy and she was a crying and we got to talking back and forth and she said, I want you to know, she said that when they said on TV that you was in the hospital, I want you to know I prayed for you. And I keep praying for you. So after I fellowshiped and worshiped a little bit with her and prayed with her, and I left and I started down the hall. And this was brought back to my memory this week. And I started down the hall and I happened to look over into this room and I seen a young man and I knew he was young and he was in his bed. And I just kept walking and the Holy Spirit said, go back, go back. So I went back and I walked in that room and I introduced myself to him and I could tell he could only move from here up. And I said, how old are you? And he said, I'm 38. And I said, how long you been here? And he'd been there then over a couple years. And I said, can I ask what happened to you? And he said, I had a stroke. And he said, I'm here. And I come into God's house and I can't shout. And you know what? That's my story. All of us in this place have a story. 
rejoice. So let's talk a little bit about what Satan has embezzled from the church. He's robbed us of our victory. I asked him to sing Victory in Jesus this morning. My friend Rusty Hudson, years ago, he said, Pastor, why don't we open up with Victory in Jesus? And then when we're done with that one, we'll go right into Victory in Jesus. And then after you preach, we'll close with Victory in Jesus. I never forgot that, Rusty. Satan has robbed many people of their victory. But the Word of God says in Romans chapter 8, verse 37, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. This verse contains one of the most comforting promises in all of Scripture. Believers have always had to face hardships. It's always been that way. And it always will be. Persecution, illness, imprisonment, even death, as I spoke about over 100, closer to 200 people in Nigeria in the last week, killed, murdered for fun because they were Christians. And you and I should be in the house of God rejoicing, rejoicing, rejoicing. Thank God that we live in America. Oh yes, we talk about America, how messed up it is and it is messed up, but I thank God every day that my feet are still in America. Do you hear me? The greatest country on the face of the planet. Somebody give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. If you're thankful, give God a shout of praise right now. So let's talk a little bit about what Satan has embezzled from the church. He's kidnapped our children. Many of our children who are caught up into a place of worldliness and it must stop. I love these kids, man. When they're in here with us, it tickles my heart. It must stop. Last Sunday morning, we took up an offering, special offering for the after school program where these kids, it's called a learning academy. The Buzz, it's the Buzz Henderson Center and someone came up with the name The Buzz. I said, I like that. And we had Learning Academy, The Buzz Learning Academy. And we passed the plate in this congregation and 31,200 and some dollars was taken up for the after school learning academy. Because Satan, we will no longer stand back and let the devil take our children. Do you hear me? Do you hear what I'm saying? Then a day or so later, someone came by the church that don't even attend church and gave another $5,000. So within a week's time, over $36,000 has come in and every dime will go to help somebody hear about Jesus. Can you one more time give God a hand clap and a shout of praise? We can't fight this battle by ourselves. You mom and dads need to stand up and be mom and dads. Oh boy. Deuteronomy chapter six, verse six says, the commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Proverbs chapter 22 and six, train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old, he will not depart from it. A foundation, uh, we're talking about a foundation of godliness gives the child something positive to fall back on when they finally come back to their senses. Uh, read about it in the prodigal son. Uh, he was in the pig's pen 
sin, but he had a foundation. And when he came to his senses, he said, I must go back to my father's house. Do you hear me, mom and dad? Quit trying to be your kid's best friend. Quit letting them dress any way they want to dress and go anywhere they want to go. Well, I don't know. My Johnny don't want to come to church. Well, how old is your Johnny? Oh, my Johnny's 12, 12 years old, and you can't get him to go to church. You need to go to my mom and dad's boot camp and wake up and be mom and dad and say, as far as me and my household, we will serve God. Oh. You know why you don't want to talk about it? Because you don't want to live it yourself. Yeah, I'm coming on. I'm coming on. Oh, walk with God that your children can see it. Live the example. My goodness, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he needs to get back to the message. Listen to me, the church must arise and the church must pursue. That word pursuit is in my spirit for 2024. And in the last week or so, I've been thinking a lot about this. If every family that calls Jewel City Church their home would pursue one family that doesn't know God, that does not attend another church, I'm not asking you to steal sheep from another shepherd. In 12 months time, not that we could say, look how many people we have. But to have testimonies like Kara that said in the back room, she said, I had a church family, a church army around me in this difficult time. How many have you brought to the Lord? How many? The church must arise and pursue. Listen to me, the church has never, never intended to be something that was stagnant. It should be dynamic should have a pulse with life. Ryan, come up here a second. This is unplanned. Don't you love it when I just volunteer you? Huh? Lay down right here, bro. Lay down right there. Okay. On your back, on your back, on your back. I'll help you. I'll help you back up. I promise. Huh? Lay there. Close your eyes. <laughs> he said, he said, uh, close your eyes. He looks dead, doesn't he? Huh? I don't want nobody coming in our church thinking, man, this place is dead. Whoa, a dead man just moved his arm. All right, right now careful, careful. I'm just checking to see if there's a pulse. There it is, right there. There, it's beating. It's beating. You see the example? Can I tell you something honestly? I can pull in the church parking lot during the week, during the week, not Sunday mornings, during the week. And most times, I can tell if there's life. Most times, I can tell if there's life. If there's somebody in this congregation this morning that's just sat there and fell asleep, reach over and see if they're dead. See if there's any pulse on them. Our church... Listen to me, I can remember as a kid growing up and I can name their names and I won't do it. But they used to be packed, packed from the front to the back. And now there's not 20, 
30 people there. Can I serve notice to the devil? You may have killed somebody else's ministry, but as far as ours, they will remain a pulse and we will not become stagnant. We will not become complacent. We will not stay in tradition. We will follow the glory of God. Do you hear me? Come on, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Come on, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Man, we're in trouble. I'm only on page three. So let's get back to the text in 1 Samuel. All right? To get the setting of the story for which 1 Samuel chapter 30 is leading up to, you got to understand that David is still having to deal with the pursuit of Saul. Saul was the king of Israel. Saul was, they believe, around 30 years of age when he was, uh, uh, became the king and he reigned for about 42 years. So 1 Samuel chapter 29, verse 1 said, Now the Philistines gathered together all the armies to go to Aphek. Aphek was a three-day journey from Ziglag. While David was at Aphek, the Amalekites had been destroying the only safe place that David had in his life. Has the enemy destroyed or tried to destroy the only safe place that you've had in your life? Could be a marriage, could be a friendship, could be whatever, I don't know. And finally, God had had enough. I love it, boy. God, when, when God's done, God's done. Do you hear me? So earlier, if you go back in scriptures, God gave instructions to Saul to totally destroy the Amalekites, totally. You can read it in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse three. But Saul, because of his sad spiritual state that he was in, refused to fulfill the entire purpose of God. He didn't want to do everything that God told him to do. Partial obedience is equivalent to full disobedience. You need to hear, there's a lesson right there. In James chapter one, verse 22 said, be you doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So there's a lesson here that just kind of jumped out at me. What Saul refused to deal with became an issue in the life of another one. Because of what Saul refused to deal with, David had to deal with it. Man, help me, Jesus. What you refuse to deal with in your own walk, mom and dad, there's a great chance your children will have to deal with that. There's also, you know, we talk about generational blessings, but there's generational curses. So what you're dealing with, if you don't deal with it, there's a good chance it'll fall on another and they will have to deal with that. Do you hear what I'm saying? So in David's absence, the Amalekites came and they disrupted the lives of everyone there in Ziglag. Listen to this. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse three. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. 
Verse five, and David's two wives were taken captive. Verse six, and David was greatly distressed. Listen, for the people spake stoning him because the soul of the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. Now listen to this. Here David is, their leader. And they want to kill him. And David was greatly distressed. And here's how he responded. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. There's times where nobody will be around you. Nobody will be with you. Everybody will be against you. And you've got to reach down and encourage yourself in God. Faced with tragedy of losing their families, David's soldiers began to turn against him. Even talked about killing him. Instead of planning, listen to this, here's a le another lesson. Instead of planning a rescue, they look for someone to blame. Marriage problems. Instead of planning a rescue plan, it's easier to blame the other spouse. Whatever you're going through, instead of planning a rescue, it's easier to blame somebody else. But David began looking for a solution. Let's go to verse 8, 9, and 10. And David inquired at the Lord saying, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue. What's the word for 2024? Pursue. Some of the older ones will know what I'm talking about. The younger ones won't. Duke's a hazard. Boss Hall on the radio. Roscoe P. Coltrane, where you at, good buddy? <laughs> he said, hey, I'm in hot pursuit. Hot pursuit. How hot is your pursuit? How hot are you chasing after God? For thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail, recover all. So David went, he and 600 men that were with him and came to the brook Basar. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. If not, it'd be the first time I've mispronounced anything ever in my life. <laughs> Except in Ponzettas. Now listen, where those that were left behind stayed. Here's a lesson, church. But David pursued he and 400 men. He started with 600 men. For 200 abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook. Every church will have amongst their body of believers a percentage of the people in a certain season of their life that will be spiritually drained that will have difficult times in their life. And what they need is rest and not criticism. Kind of got quiet. It's easy to criticize someone, I'm guilty, and have no idea what they're going through. 
easy to talk about somebody else's problems. And all of us, if we was to stand before an x-ray machine that would show all of our difficulties and our struggles and our sins. So let's try to have grace on each other in 2024. Stand with me, please. There's victory in pursuit. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 17, and David smote them from the twilight even into the evening of the next day. You hear this? And there escaped not a man of them, save 400 young men which rode upon camels and fled. What did I get from all that right there? Sometimes the battle requires more than just a day. Do you hear me? In two weeks, we'll celebrate 30 years. A church is not built overnight. A man of God is not built overnight. A prayer warrior is not built overnight. A worship leader right out of college is not built overnight. Your marriage is not built overnight. Do you hear me? Sometimes the battle requires more than a day. And along this journey in ministry and along this journey in marriage and everything else, sometimes we have a stress fact fracture. Mary Lambert sits right there, her seat's empty. She fell yesterday and broke a bone. It's not gonna heal overnight, but it's gonna heal. You hear me? No matter how difficult it may seem, there is a God that can help you recover. And he's a God that'll help you recover all. The enemy of your soul would like for you to believe different. But you can't believe the enemy of your soul because he's the father of all lies, is what the Bible teaches. The challenge to the fallen, and I'm going to make this funny, okay? I think I'm going to make it funny. <laughs> Laugh even if it's not funny. But in Micah chapter 7, verse 8, pay attention and we'll close and go home here. Man, it's early. Micah chapter 7, verse 8. Listen to this. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Now listen. It didn't say if I fall, it said when I fall, don't rejoice against me. Now listen, we're talking about some serious things here, but I'm gonna put a little bit of an analogy in there that'll maybe relate and you, you'll be able to laugh a little bit. My wife said, you wanna play pickleball tonight? Up at the church, and I said, yes. She said, well, we're gonna play with Gibson and Christy. I said, all right, well, Christy goes to sleep at 5.30 in the evening, so. <laughs> Riley shows up, so I'm thinking it's my wife and I. I love you, babe, I really do. And we walk in the gym and she says, Gibson and I'll play you and Riley. So the first thought that come to my mind was, my wife thinks I'm a loser. 
she don't want me on her team. <laughs> so we jumped out of the gate and uh, Riley and I was beating her and Gibson six to one. You only played 11 and I started my victory talk. <laughs> I can't remember exactly, but I think we got beat 11 six. I said, Riley, you know, when I get knocked down, I said, Riley, come on, man. Let's pick this thing up. And we won the next two games. So I thought we was finished. And my wife and Gibson, well, let's play a little bit longer. My wife says to me, you take Gibson on your team. I said, I smell a little home cooking here. So I took Gibson on my team and we got beat. She says, all along, because when I won, it was because of Riley. And then when she won, it was because of Riley. But I think the common denominator of it all, Gibson. Come on, put your hands together and just bless the Lord. So in 2024, when we fall, the challenge today is get back up. Get back up. Don't give up, get up, okay? Every head bowed and every eye closed. I don't know your hearts today. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what struggles you're going through today. But I want to ask the born again believers, the Christians in the house today, and just be honest. Has the devil stolen some things in 2023 from you? Has there been some fractures, fracture in your life? Raise your hand. Anywhere in the room. Be honest. Come on, don't, don't hold on to pride. Say, yeah, I've had some struggles. You can put your hands down. Every head bowed and every eye closed. And just being honest. Nobody, listen, I'm not going to single you out. I'm not going to drag you down here. If you're here this morning and you need to make things right with Jesus and you need to ask Christ to forgive you of your sins. You need to ask God to cleanse you, to wash you, to put you on the right path. Just slip your hand up real high and say, that's me today. Right here today, I want to give my life. I see your hand, sir. Somebody else. Yes, ma'am, I see your hand. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. Don't be afraid. Raise your hand. Somebody else. Somebody else. I see your hand, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's right. That's right. Somebody else. I don't want to cut it short. Somebody else. Somebody else. Robert, I'm not sure the prayer warriors there seen the person raise their hand, so you lead them to her afterwards, would you please? As every head is still bowed. And for you that raised your hand, look right at me this morning. Look right at me. I'll get where you can see me. <laughs> look right at me. Don't be ashamed. Pray this prayer out loud. Would you do that? When someone right there beside of you can hear you, say, Lord Jesus, today, I humble myself 
I acknowledge I've sinned. I've fallen short. And today, I ask you to forgive me of my sins, to cleanse me. And Lord, from this day forward, I'll do my very best to live my life for you. In Jesus' name I pray, and amen. Let's welcome them to the family of God. Can we do that? Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. For you that raised your hand that in 2023, you've had some battles, you've had some scars, you've lost some things. As Pastor Kerry sings, would you come to the altar? Kneel down, stand, however, and pray and leave it there. Would you do that? Would you come? Take that step of faith. Say, I'm stepping out of 23. I'm stepping into 24. And I'm leaving it at the foot of the cross. Come and do that. Make that commitment to God. I challenge you. I challenge you. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 